This is it, folks. The moment you've all been waiting for. Superman Month starts now. Welcome to another episode of the Stephen or Else podcast, the podcast that will never step on Superman's cape. I'm your host, Stephen, and this week we're talking about Superman because it's Superman month. I said that already. What is Superman month? Well, it's the month of March. Why March? No real reason at all. But this is the month I decided that I was going to take one episode each month and talk about one of the four trades that make up the death and return of Superman's storyline. Now, I chose March because uh, I just ha- I had the idea in January, and I wanted to do it right away, but I wanted to give everybody a whole month to kind of process. So all of February, I, I talked about it, and I invited people to participate. And so now we're doing it. First episode of the month. Let's get it going. I want to point out real quick that the music that we just heard there in the intro, not the normal intro music, something special for this month of Superman. The song itself is from a band from the 90s. They're no longer around, but they were called Floyd's Funk Revival. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows who Butch Walker is. Uh, He used to be in a band called South Gang which I never listened to them. He's a solo artist now. He does a lot of uh, writes a lot of songs for people and whatnot. Anyway, he was in this band called Floyd's Funk Revival, and the song there at the intro is just simply called Superman. And so back in the '90s, I saw Floyd's uh, Floyd's Funk Revival live in a little club in Lawrence, Kansas, and it was the night they played was not that long after Superman number 75 hit the stands. And of course, Superman number 75, as we will be talking about this week, is the issue that Superman dies. Um, And so then that night they play that song, and that's when it kind of hit me how much of an impact Superman has in in our world. Um, Floyd's Funk Revival is not like one of these nerd bands that I love, uh, like Kirby Crackle, who they... All of their music is about nerd stuff. This is just a band who heard about Superman dying, you know, on the news, and they wrote a song about it. And the song is about how the world is, you know, it's falling into chaos. There's just all this bad crap going on, and the world has gotten so bad that the one person that we could always depend on, fictional, fictional or not, has died. I mean, it's really a song about hopelessness. And at one point, uh, and I'm sure you'll hear it later in the episode, they asked the question, who will help us now? And so that song really hit me back then, and it still kind of hits me now. All right, so before we get deeper into this week's subject, it's time for a little segment that I like to call Announcements, Announcements or Else. Announcement number one, our pie in the sky winner. It's the first episode of a new month which means it's time for me to announce which one of our patrons wins a small stack of comics from my collection. If you're not, if you're not sure how it works, anyone who has enrolled in the pie in the sky tier over at the Patreon, that's uh, $10. They get a chance each month to win a small stack of comics from my collection. And this month's winner is Mary Stepanik. So, Mary, if you want to, uh, uh, sounds really weird for me saying it like this because I'll be honest with y'all. Full disclosure, I know Mary. We are, uh, we're actually related. Now, that did not have any effect into the fact that she won. This was completely random, uh, but she happened to win this month. So, uh, 
Yeah, next time I see you, I'll give you a stack of comics. How's that? So congratulations. If you want to participate, join that pie in the sky tier and you'll have your name entered into the hat. Announcement number two. There's a new podcast out there. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Google Play. You can get it on Stitcher. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it pretty much anywhere. You can get podcasts. And it is called Event or Else. This is the podcast in which I go into all the major Marvel and DC events. Well, most of them. One issue at a time. So you don't have to. There are two episodes out currently. The first episode is just a, hey, this is what the show is all about. And then the second episode, we jump right into our first major event from Marvel Comics in 1984, Secret Wars. And the way it's going to work is I'm going to do Secret Wars one one episode per issue. When I'm done with Secret Wars, I'm going to go over to Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then I'm going to do those 12 issues. Then I'm going to go back to Marvel and I'm going to jump back and forth. So that's event or else. Go check it out now. Uh, It's got some beautiful cover art created by the great Harold C. Janet III. Um, They're nice, short little episodes. They're about 20 minutes long, 15 to 20 minutes long so far. Nice, tight little episodes because they're only about one issue. And uh, go check it out because uh, uh, I'm having just a freaking ball recording these episodes. All right, those are our announcements. So let's get on to the death of Superman. That's the trade we're looking at today, the death of Superman. So a little background into this whole thing, into this whole thing that was the death and return of Superman. So this was a storyline that ran from 92 to 93, and it was published in four comic books. There were four, uh, I'm not sure how many Superman titles are being produced nowadays, but there were four weekly issues back then. Um, Superman, Action Comics, Adventures of Superman, and Superman, the Man of Steel. So this storyline ran through all four of those comics. Had a couple of tie-ins with the uh, Justice League and Green Lantern, but the main story was in those four titles. And so back then, what they had done, because right after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, they basically handed the Superman uh, titles over to John Byrne. He rebooted everything, and he was he was the guy in charge. And uh, underneath John Byrne, um, he basically directed how Superman was going. Once he left, they brought in new creative teams, and then they put uh, Mike Carlin. He was the he was an editor. He was in charge of the Superman line. So what he they would do is they would get together once a year and they would talk about uh, how. What was going to happen in the Superman comics over the next year? And as legend has it, when they would go to these summits, uh, they would usually end up arguing at some point about a storyline or a story plot or a, a, a story point. You know, something they they would argue about. And um, Jerry Ordway would inevitably shout out, let's just kill Superman. They would all laugh. Ha ha, Jerry, you're very funny. We're not killing Superman. Well, this particular summit, the big plan that they had was to marry Lois and Clark during that following year. Um, And so they were mapping out the storyline that would lead up to Superman, Clark Kent, marrying, marrying Lois Lane. Well, at the same time, going on at this time on TV, was the uh, Lois and Clark, the adventures, the new adventures of Superman television show. This was uh, had Dean Cain as Superman slash Clark Kent and Terry Hatcher as Lois Lane. Well, Warner Brothers, who also owns DC, they said, you know what? You can't, you can't marry the, the two of them in the comic books yet because they're not married on the television show. And we are leading to that on the television show, but they can't be married in the comics until they're married on the television show. So that kind of threw their plans, you know, right out the window. And uh, as they were discussing, well, what are we going to do now? As legend has it, Jerry Ordway shouted out, well, let's just kill Superman. And at that point, they all, I guess they didn't laugh. They didn't tell him to shut up. They uh, they really kind of thought about it and decided that maybe that is what they want to do. At this time, uh, when these books were being produced, sales were declining 
And there were a lot of feelings at DC that fans were taking Superman for granted. And so they thought his death would help prove Superman's importance to the DC universe and show that he wasn't invincible. And frankly, I think they did that just fine. Now, this story was told in three acts. Act one, doomsday. Act two, funeral for a friend. And act three, reign of the Superman. Now, these this whole storyline has been collected in many different editions. What, what I'm reading and what I'm going to be covering are the four books. This week is book one, The Death of Superman. Next week will be book two, Funeral for a Friend. And then uh, the following week, book three, Reign of the Superman. And then the last week will be book four, The Return of Superman. All right, so before, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go through briefly the issues, and then I'm going to talk about my feelings and some of my favorite moments. Uh, but before we do that, I actually got a nice email from Peter Rios. He, uh, he's over at the Daily Rios, and uh, he emailed me about his thoughts behind this particular book. So he said, I wanted to have more to say, but I wasn't able to really dig in enough. Hopefully, I'll be able to give better thoughts for the remaining books. This event, as crazy and over-the-top as it is, holds a special place in my personal comics reading history because of a few factors. I was away from comics collecting between the years 1988 and 1990. I slowly started getting back in late 90, early 91. And by the time of this event in 92, I was all in again, but I wasn't reading Superman. The hype for this event brought me back to the Superman line, and I would stay with them for a few years after. When I saw the ad for Superman 75, which he did attach to the email, so I think I'm going to think I'm going to put that up on the website. Uh, I noticed that the release date was my 20th birthday. Superman died on my birthday. I will always remember that. Ha ha. The frenzy around his death had even my older sister looking for the famous issue for me. I was in college at the time. It was fun to hear people not into comics ask questions, even if it was hype. My biggest takeaway from this first collection is how much the arrival of Doomsday punching his way out of, the, out of his prison issue by issue and the fight with Superman resembles the buildup Walt Simonson created for Surtur in his classic Thor run in the mid-80s. From Surtur slowly forging his sword over an anvil, doom, 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 to Surtur versus Thor and Odin, there are a few subtle and not so subtle parallels that I noticed years after. It's not the first time Dan Jurgens has riffed on classic Marvel, lovingly so I'm sure, and it's not the last. If I catch any other comparisons, I'll let you know. Looking forward to your thoughts, Peter. You can catch the Daily Rios over at thedailyrios.com. Uh, it's a great podcast. It's another single host podcast. You know, we should really start uh, a single pod, single host podcast society. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, thanks, Peter, uh, for your thoughts. I think it's pretty awesome that Superman died on your birthday. It's both sad and awesome at the same time. You know, that's one thing you'll always be able to tell people. Oh, yeah? Well, Superman died on my birthday. Take that, buddy. All right, so let's get into the issues. The The storyline officially starts with Superman, Man of Steel, number 18. This was written by Louise Simonson, pencils by John Bogdanov, inks by Dennis Janke, letters by Bill Oakley, and colors by Glenn Whitmore. Now, you're going to hear that guy's name quite often. He did the colors for pretty much most of these issues. Okay, so when this issue opens up, we are somewhere else on Earth, as the caption says. We are in a very pastoral environment, uh, rolling fields of grass. We're, we're, we appear to be in the Midwest, uh, just rolling plains, birds, deer, wilderness. And in the first panel, out of the silence comes Krang, and these birds fly away. Then we hear it again, Krang, and a deer flees and then we hear croom and rocks fall. And then finally, crackoom and a big gray fist with claw-like bones protruding from the knuckles smashes out of something thick and metal. So this is Doomsday breaking from his prison. We don't know that it's Doomsday at this point. You got to remember at the time that this book came out, there wasn't the internet. We knew a little of what was going to happen because, of course, they did hype it. They hyped it up. 
We knew that there was going to be this creature called Doomsday that Superman was going to fight. We didn't really know what he was going to look like, though. We saw some images from from uh, from his first appearance, and he doesn't look. By the end of the book, he doesn't look like he does at the beginning of the death of Superman. So anyway, Doomsday is escaping from what is an essentially some sort of underground prison, some type of a big metal box underground. Doomsday is punching his way out, punching his way through the dirt. He erupts out of the dirt. And this is the first time we see super, we see Superman. We see Doomsday. Again, they haven't named him Doomsday at this point in the book. And he's wearing a like an all over bodysuit, a green kind of loose bodysuit uh, with steel cables wrapped around him. One of his arms is pinned behind his back by these steel cables. One of his arms, it's free. Uh, the arm that's free, we have to assume, was bound at one point. He got himself free and then he punched his way out of his prison. How he got there, we don't know. We don't know those circumstances. We don't know where he came from. We don't know how he got there. But he's punched his way out. He's in this full green bodysuit. We can't see his face. Uh, all we have of his face are these two glowing red lenses like goggles. And this is what I thought Doomsday looked like. I didn't know that eventually this suit would come off. Um, and honestly, I was... <laughs> to tell you the truth, I was actually kind of disappointed in Doomsday's final look. I thought it, at the time I thought it was pretty lame. I have warmed up to it since then, but back then I thought it was pretty lame. Now, the main storyline, however, of this one particular issue actually deals with uh Lois and Clark. Uh Lois has been kidnapped by an alien by the name of Closter, which sounds weird. C L A W like claw. S-T-E-R, Clawster, sounds like a He-Man villain. Uh, he is from a group of aliens from War World. I have to say that very slowly, otherwise it doesn't come out correctly. War World. They now uh, rule Underworld, which is a society of outcasts and mutants who live under the streets of Metropolis. And so they take over a power station. Uh, they're going to steal all the power from Metropolis in order, they're they're preparing to basically invade. Um, Lois, however, catches on to this. She has been given a tip. She goes to investigate. She is kidnapped. She's taken off somewhere to be killed. Superman, of course, shows up and saves her. Now, mixed that. I mean that that's the main storyline in this one particular book. Mixed in with this storyline, however, are more shots of Doomsday. So we get one little bit of doomsday with the, his arm is still tied behind his back. He's standing out in this open prairie land. He's there's a bird flying around by him and he, he, he holds his, he holds his hand open, open palm. He holds it out for the bird and the bird gently lands in his open palm. And then he squeezes it to death in his fist and then laughs because that's them showing us how evil doomsday is this bird wasn't doing nothing wasn't doing nothing to him but he lives to destroy the next time we see doomsday he is he's on the move he comes across a tree in his path and it's a great big tree instead of going around the tree doomsday punches the tree into toothpicks which shows that doomsday doesn't let anything get in his way the next time we see doomsday he is now Somewhat, uh, he's near civilization. He is under uh, an overpass. So he's standing on a highway of some sort. There's cars on the highway uh, with him under this overpass. There's cars on the overpass. And he just pulls the overpass down. And all the cars come crashing down. And we have to assume that everybody, well, not everybody, but we there's probably some death there. Definitely a lot of injuries. And he walks away laughing. Now, the issue ends with a truck driver coming across Doomsday on the highway. It's nighttime. His headlights come across Doomsday as he's crossing the highway. The, the, the trucker, whose name is Moon, leans out the window and he says, Hey, buddy, get out of the way! Doomsday, of course, responds by destroying the truck, 
with the man inside and Doomsday is walking away as it burns behind him. And again, Doomsday is laughing. He thinks this is all just fun and games. Now, in the meantime, there's another trucker sees this and he calls out on the CB for the state troopers. You know, a monster just flipped Moon's truck with one hand tied behind his back. And uh, then we go from there to JLA headquarters. Oberon is... Uh, he's, he's got monitor duty. He intercepts this, this CB call for help and, uh, says, says out loud. Now this sounds like a job for the justice league. So that's how that issue ends. Yes, just a civilian These little ladies, they be talking about super strength and heat vision I ain't got either of them, so keep fishing I ain't a brainiac from some dark place She's more boardwalk, I'm more park place Work just to keep them lights on in those dark days Let's corp off the stroll, yeah, the job pays Got no so much chest plate, man Only name on my shirt is my damn name tag And people wanna know where I've been in the past uh, Clark, why you always disappearing in to reiterate, I ain't no Superman. I'm just a scary cat working for the weekend. Yo, this is Lois Lane, man. I gotta be insane. You don't even know my name. Let me tell you who I am. Life is all bad. Email sent. Working every day just to try to pay rent. I'm Clark Kent. I'm Clark Kent. I'm Clark Kent. From there, we go into our first tie-in issue, and this is Justice League America number 69, written and drawn by Dan Jurgens with finished art by Rick Boucher, letters by Willie Schubert, and colors by Gene D'Angelo. Um, so we learned in the first issue that Doomsday basically is not a good guy, uh, doesn't care about life, and will destroy anything in his path. This Justice League issue is where we find out just how powerful he is. Because what we have here is we open up with this issue with the Justice League on the scene of this burning rig uh, from, from the previous issue. They pulled the guy out. They're saving some people, and they're they're basically on search and rescue at this point. They have not encountered Doomsday. The Justice League is made up of Guy Gardner, uh, but not Guy Gardner, the Green Lantern. At this point, he has been he has been kicked off the Green Lantern Corps. He's gotten a hold of a yellow lantern ring, uh, like Sinestro uses, and now he's called Guy Gardner Warrior. And he wears cowboy boots, and he has a big G on his chest. Uh, so with Guy Gardner in the Justice League is Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Fire, Ice, Maxima, and the mysterious Bloodwind. And Wind is spelled W-Y-N-D. So while the Justice League are in search and rescue mode, Superman is on TV. He's appearing on the Cat Grant Show, which is recording live from Roosevelt High. And he is there, the, the students are there at an assembly, and they're asking Superman questions. And so we jump back and forth between these students asking Superman questions and the uh, Justice League doing what they're doing. Uh, but before, before the Justice League encounters Doomsday, if Doomsday crushing the bird in his fist wasn't enough to tell us what kind of a soulless bastard this creature is. We get a scene in this book where he destroys another tree in his path and he pauses because there's a deer in front of him. And the deer, for some reason, uh, must be like the bravest deer alive because the deer watches Doomsday shatter a tree with his fist and the, the deer just still, he's just sticking around. He's like, well, that's pretty cool, man. And uh, Doomsday holds his hand out again, and the deer comes up and sniffs at it. And Doomsday reaches out and grabs the deer by the throat and breaks its neck. 
and then laughs. Ha 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 ha, stupid deer. He didn't actually say it, but he does laugh. So then overhead, after this happens, here comes the Beatles airship, the bug. It's flying overhead. They're looking, they're following this path of destruction, trying to find the creature that did it. Doomsday sees him up there. He grabs part of this tree trunk from this tree that he shattered. He throws it like a javelin at the bug. It pierces the bug and it just basically destroys it. And uh, all of the Justice League come pouring out of the bug. Uh, now that, you know, once they're on the ground, this is when they face Doomsday. And so now we're going back and forth between Superman on the Cat Grant show and Doomsday just systematically taking out the Justice League one by one. I mean, he just whoops their butts. He uh, brutally beats Blue Beetle. I mean, Blue Beetle has no superpowers at all. And Doomsday just beats him nearly to death. Uh, Guy Gardner goes up against him and Doomsday uh, just... But Well, let's just put it this way. By the time Doomsday is done with Guy Gardner, he's still alive, but his face is so puffy and swollen that he can no longer see. So eventually, uh, over at the Cat Grant show, the producer comes in and he says, we, we've cut, uh, we've had to go over to live news coverage of this monster um, taking out the Justice League. And I think it's in Ohio is is where this is happening. So, of course, Superman's like, well, I've got to go handle this, and he takes off. So we get back to the Justice League. Um, Booster is one of the last few left. Uh, it's just, it's basically just, well, Beatles, Beatles down. Uh, the rest of them are left, but they're, but they're not quite, you know, they're pretty beat up. But uh, Doomsday pounds on Booster until he uh, basically destroys Booster's force field hits him one more time. Booster goes flying into the sky only to be caught by Superman. And it's here where Booster says to Superman, it's like Doomsday is here. And now we have Doomsday's official name. From there, we go to Superman number 74, written and drawn by Dan Jurgens with finished art by Brett Breeding, letters by John Costanza, and colors by Glenn Whitmore. Okay, so the Beatle's out, and he might be dying. And Ice convinces Maxima to take Beetle to the hospital. Maxima doesn't want to go. She's a warrior. She feels her place is there, but Ice convinces her. In the meantime, one of the students from Roosevelt High, Mitch, he goes home. He's one of these, uh, he's got a backwards hat and long hair. I think he's got a Guns N' Roses shirt on or something. And he's, uh, you know... He's an unhappy teenager. He goes home. His mom is a single mom. They've got a, she's got a baby girl. He's upset that there's no soda in the house and he's giving her a hard time for it. And then suddenly ice comes crashing right into their kitchen. The fight with doomsday is happening just practically outside. And, uh, because of the fight, doomsday hurls, uh, ice right into their kitchen so Mitch goes running outside and he finds the he finds Doomsday out there with the Justice League. And uh Superman and Booster Gold show up. And the first thing that happens is Doomsday punches Superman in the chest, but Superman takes it. He just stands there and he's like, ha, whatever. And then Doomsday just kicks him in the gut. And boom, Superman goes flying through the house. So Superman, Guy Gardner, uh, Fire, and Bloodwind all get together. Because fire can shoot fire, Guy Gardner's got his ring, Superman's got his heat vision, and Blood Wind has some kind of mental attack. I'm not sure, exactly sure, some kind of energy mental thing. Anyway, they all just open up on Doomsday. And like I said, Guy Gardner is, he's all puffy, he can't see, and he basically just, he tells somebody, just guide my, just guide my fist, guide my fist, and 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 we'll blast at him. Uh, but it doesn't doesn't work. All it does is, destroy uh break the the steel cables and free his other hand so all they really did was was basically help him out so uh booster or uh doomsday at that point uh takes out booster and guy and it's just superman and bloodwind left to take on doomsday they attack the doomsday grabs bloodwind as he's about to use his eye beams and and they strike a gas line and the house goes up in flames uh, Doomsday leaps away. Superman flies out after Doomsday. 
But uh, Mitch now is in this burning house with his mom and his little baby sister, and he's calling out to Superman. Superman's in the air, and he's like, this might be my only chance to get to Doomsday, but of course, you know, he can't not go back and save them. But that's kind of the... uh, that's the cliffhanger of this issue. Superman's deciding whether or not he should go after Doomsday or come back and help this family. The next issue is The Adventures of Superman number 497, written by Jerry Ordway with pencils by Tom Grummet, who I love, inks by Don Hazelwood, Doug Hazelwood, sorry, letters by Albert de Guzman, and colors by Glenn Whitmore. Okay, so this is the issue that starts the countdown. This issue... Uh, each page has just four panels on it. This is the countdown, four issues to go. Four panels per page, four issues to go. So Mitch and his family are trapped in the burning house. Mitch calls for help. Superman uh, goes, he he flies down and helps. Um, And it's at this point that he kind of realizes he may have to take on Doomsday by himself. But then Maxima comes back. She's taken Blue Beetle to the hospital. She's now back. So the two just take it to Doomsday, man. And they're just, they are, there's no holding back for Maxima. Superman at this point, he's really still kind of holding back. Superman very rarely goes up against somebody that he can just let it all loose. And so he's, he's usually used to just, cause he's not a killer. Maxima, on the other hand, she's ready to kill this dude. Uh, so they're just, she's just going at him, but she is endangering innocent people as she does this and eventually causes a gas station to explode, which, uh, causes Superman to black out for a moment. And when he comes to guardian is there, um, he's like, to me, he's like DC's captain America because he's, he, basically because he's got a shield. Uh, Doomsday's gone. Maxim is still down. And it's here that Superman realizes that he's got to do this alone. And that takes us into Action Comics number 684. This is written by Roger Stern with art by Jackson Geis and Dennis Rodier. Letters by Bill Oakley. And colors by the great Glenn Whitmore. So we're continuing the countdown now. Every page in this issue has three panels. Superman and Doomsday, they continue to slug it out across the country. And there's this wonderful scene where this this guy is driving his car and he's about to hit Doomsday. But instead, Doomsday grabs the car and just hurdles it into the sky where Superman catches it. But the best part of this whole scene is this guy's thought balloons. And you know what? I'm going to attempt to reenact this moment for you. So this is this is what's going through this guy's head as he encounters Doomsday and what happens. Oh, my God, the overpass has collapsed. What's that coming out? No, can't stop in time. I'm going to hit. And then the car goes flying. Him. Huh? He? What did? How did he? Oh, my God. I don't believe this. I'm flying. This can't be happening. I must be dreaming. That's it. I've dozed off at the wheel. Got to wake up before I have an accident. Then he shouts out loud. Wake up, Charlie. Then back to his thought balloons. Wow. Must be nearly a mile up. Everything looks so pretty from up here. So real. And then he says out loud, What's the matter with me? Wake up already. Then back to his head. Feels like we're slowing down. Oh my God, the car's tipping backwards. This is no dream. I'm gonna die. And that's when Superman catches the car and they have this nice conversation about Doomsday as Superman takes him safely back down to Earth. In the meantime, Doomsday has made his way into a Lexmart and finds himself watching television. And there's a commercial for a wrestling match on, and I will once again recreate this moment for you. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Come closer. You don't want to miss a single moment of the greatest spectacle in the history of professional wrestling. I'm talking tag teams. I'm talking steel cages. I'm talking about War Bash 9000. This weekend at the Metropolis Arena, I'm Major Mayhem Troopers, and I'm out for blood. I'm taking on the Mighty Gorilla, Ugly Ben Studley, and the Masked Bone Crusher, and I will prevail. This time it's war. Pro wrestling as you've never seen it before this weekend at Metropolis Arena. Metropolis Arena. Metropolis Arena. Now, where are you going to go? So this commercial just seems to be right up Doomsday Street. 
because he can't stop watching it. He's riveted. His eyeballs are glued to the television. And this is when he speaks for the first time, saying, Metropolis. And off he goes. Understanding me though, all the heights are planning to go. I thought I told you, boy, I'm a soldier boy, I'm Superman in that flow. With a cape on, every line I drop napalm, every song I put my name on. Johnny Storm, I go flame on. A new challenger approaches, so game on. Put your quarters up, matter of fact, hold your controllers up. To all the players in the house, don't give up. Let me show y'all what's up. War rocks the name, and I'm still the same. Silver age, and a damn thing changed. Murder world when you're in the arcade. Danger room is the place where I train. Work with the mouth, so it hurts the shot. When I break that jaw, you can call me Kane. Perfectly able, time slide in the present like cable With the hope for the future, quote the producer Every single session it's Cash. Every single record yo It's doing like the whole do Smash. I'm Clark Kent with them glasses on Jean Grey school, get the students, get your classes on I'm still the strongest in this year rap game And we ain't even from the same place Young Padawan what? The way I rock that mic What I thought I was from Krypton Cut, cut, Krypton So this takes us to Superman, Man of Steel, number 19, written by Louise Simonson, pencils by John Bogdanov, inks by Dennis Janke, letters by Bill Oakley, and colors by the man, Glenn Whitmore. So we're now number two in the countdown. Every page in this book has just two panels. So Superman and Doomsday are now in Metropolis, and they're duking it out big time. And this is the first time... So far that they actually show, because at this point, you know, there's news coverage all over it. And this is the first point that they show Ma and Pa Kent back in Smallville watching this on television. And it's actually, that's, I'll be honest with you, that's the first time that that it, that it really brings it home for me. The actual consequences and drama of this is that, you know, his mother and father are watching this and they're worried. Uh, now, Lois and Jimmy, they're in a helicopter above um, getting all the action. Uh, Lex is giving a press conference, and it's only now as everyone's watching that he allows Supergirl to go help Superman. So a little background here because I kind of skipped some of that. So this is supposed to be not the Lex Luthor, but the son of Lex Luthor, though really he is the Lex Luthor, but, just, but he's a clone of Lex Luthor uh, with Lex's mind. Woo! So let me explain. So back before all this happened, Lex had this ring uh, with kryptonite in it that he used. He would wear all the time so Superman couldn't get him. But eventually it gave him cancer. Uh, so he faked his death and had his mind put into a clone of himself, but a young version. So he's got this full head of long red hair and this red beard. And to, to really sell it, he's supposed to be this long lost estranged son of Lex Luthor. So he's been in Australia, Australia this whole time. And so he's got an Australian accent. So this new Luthor and Supergirl are lovers in the nighttime. And Supergirl at this time isn't Superman's cousin. Uh, she's a, she's a, a protoplasmic shape changing clone of Lana Lang. Cause that's not any more confusing than just simply being Superman's cousin. Anyway, Supergirl is finally let loose to go help Superman. Uh, she confronts Doomsday and gets knocked the crap out and <laughs> reverts back to this protoplasmic blob. And that takes us to the last issue of this book, of this arc, of the first act, Superman number 75, written and drawn by Dan Jurgens, with finished art by Brett Breeding, letters by John Costanza, Colors by the one, the only, Glenn Whitmore. And so, yeah, this is it. This is the issue. Every page is a splash page as Doomsday and Superman continue to fight throughout Metropolis. And it's not, I'm just, you know what? All this issue is is one big fight. And it's not until Superman is, he's, it looks like Superman's down for the count. He's not going to do it. 
Doomsday is going to win. Uh, Doomsday punches him into the asphalt. Uh, he's under a, a lot of rubble. Lois and Jimmy, their their helicopter has crashed. Lois comes to try and help Superman, knowing that there's nothing she can do, but she's hoping that at least she can momentarily distract Doomsday long enough for Superman to get back on his feet. However, it's because of this, though, it's because of her doing this, ultimately, that Superman ends up winning because it's only by seeing Lois in danger and knowing that if he doesn't do something, uh, Doomsday, there's there's just nothing stopping Doomsday. And that's when he just gives himself one last push. He's got that whole, oh, no, you didn't moment. This rage, this huge adrenaline rush, and he just takes it to Doomsday. And there is no holding back. And they are just pummeling each other until finally both of them fall, both of them dying. And so, you know, this is Superman. He's this is what Superman does. This is def- this moment to me defines who Superman is because he gives his life. He you know, this he gives the ultimate sacrifice to save the people that he loves and Metropolis and the world really. Now I'm going to read to you uh the narration, the caption boxes of these last couple pages. Like weary boxers who have gone the distance The combatants collide in one last explosive effort. In the years to come, a few witnesses will tell of the power of these final punches, that they could feel the shock waves. Others will remember the enormous crater that resulted from the sheer force of the blows. But most will remember this sad day as the day the proudest, most noble man they ever knew finally fell. For those who love him, one who would call him husband, one who would be his pal, or those who would call him son, this is the darkest day they could ever imagine. They raised him to be a hero, to know the value of sacrifice, to know the value of life. And for those who served with Superman in the protection of all life comes the shock of failure, the weight of being too late to help. And this is where Bloodwin says, he must survive. It cannot end like this. And the captions continue, But it will. For a city to live, a man had given his all and more. So now we come to the two-panel spread of Lois holding Superman's broken and bruised body. She's in tears. Doomsday's lifeless form is next to them. Jimmy's there, too. There's onlookers just crying, and there's smoke and rubble everywhere. And Superman looks up to Lois as she cradles his head, and he says, Doomsday, is he, is he? And Lois says, you stopped him. You saved us all. Now relax. But it's, and then that, then the captions come in, but it's too late for this is the day. So we turn the page. Another, we got another double page spread. Lois is no longer holding Superman. She's weeping uncontrollably. Jimmy is behind her taking a picture. Superman's cape is speared on a shaft of rebar like a flag. It's a very iconic image. And the caption continues that a Superman died. And Superman lies there dead among the rubble. Now, you could call that heavy-handed, sure. It is pretty heavy-handed, especially the the like a pair of weary boxers. But you know what? This is probably the third time I've read this. I read it once weekly when it was coming out. I read it again to my son when he was probably five or six, so about 10 years ago. And just reading it again, it still gets me. It still it still gets me. I get a little misty. I get a little teary-eyed. And, uh, you know, it's what I love about Superman, that he is he is willing to put – he literally, he put his life on the line to save everybody. And uh, his last thought as he's drifting off into the, the big sleep is concern on whether or not he managed to do what he needed to do. His concern, ultimately, by asking Lois about Doomsday, he didn't say, you know, his last words weren't, Lois, know that I will always love you, or tell Ma and Pa that I love them, or tell Ma and Pa not to worry, and any any of that. His main thought was, did I stop Doomsday? Because if I didn't, 
then maybe I need to try to find more within me. And I, there's a part of me that feels like if, if he hadn't stopped Doomsday at that point, if Lois had said Doomsday's still alive, I feel that Superman would have picked himself back up. But Doomsday's gone. There's nothing left within Clark. And so he lets go knowing that his family and his loved ones and his friends are safe. So yeah, that was the death of Superman. Um, I remember when that issue came out specifically because at the time I was, so I'm out of high school and uh, I'm working at a Sonic drive-in. I have a roommate. I'm not living at home anymore. I have a roommate. And uh, that day that that issue was coming out, I had it reserved for me in my pull box at my local comic book store. Quality comics. They're no longer around. Uh, When I was leaving for the day, you know, somebody, one of the cooks had asked me, you know, well, what are you doing today? I'm going to the comic book store. The Superman number 75 comes out. Oh, yeah. Isn't that when Superman dies? Said, yeah, that is when Superman dies. I saw that on the news. And so she uh, she asked, she gave me uh, some money and said, pick me up a couple copies. And this was this was an old this was an older lady, and uh, the only reason she wanted it honestly was because she thought it would be worth money someday. And uh, um, they're not not that I'm aware of. I bought two copies for myself because they were, if you remember, they were polybagged in the black uh, bag that you couldn't see through with the Superman shield with blood dripping off of it. Um, but inside was supposed to be some special stuff like a black armband and whatnot. So I bought at least two copies for myself because I wanted to open one up and I did, and I don't have any of that stuff anymore, but I know I still have at least one poly bagged copy up in my attic somewhere. I couldn't vouch for what shape it's in, but it's up there. So that was the death of Superman. I knew at the time reading it that Superman was not going to be dead for long. I think most folks who read it knew that. And uh, I, and I'm sure a lot of other comic book fans were right there next to me uh, when people who are not comic book fans, when they uh, would talk about the death of Superman back then, and man, I can't believe they're, how could they kill Superman? Superman's like their most popular character. And they're not, he's not dead. Well, but he died. It's on the news. They said he died. He's going to come back. He's not dead. I don't know. They sounded pretty serious about it. And uh, I even was watching uh, Comic Book Men, um, that AMC show. Just recently, I fall asleep to it because I don't have to pay a lot of attention to that. So it's easy for me to fall asleep to. But the the episode have had somebody coming in trying to sell one of the polybagged copies of Superman number 75. It was the... Uh, the platinum version, I guess, it had a gray, bloody Superman shield on the on the front of it, so it's it wasn't as common as the one I have. But still, apparently, they they kind of told the guy, yeah, it's, it's it's still not worth all that much. But uh, if you ever watch comic book men, they go back and forth between the comic book store and then Kevin Smith with the comic book men in a in a studio doing a podcast. And so they were talking about the when Superman died back then, and Kevin Smith was talking about Walt, who runs the comic book store. He said, you know, basically, you knew that Superman was coming back. I, on the other hand, I just thought he was dead, and I just couldn't believe. I just, I was mourning his loss. I couldn't believe that they would kill somebody like Superman. I was, I remember distinctly telling you, what are they going to do now? What are they, what are they going to do without Superman? And you know what? That's kind of what the, the, the next, trade is all about. We're going to get into Funeral for a Friend next week. I haven't even started reading that yet. And it's about the world, the DC universe, uh, trying to go on, you know, the mourning the loss of Superman and uh, trying to go on from there. Yeah. So we'll talk about that when we get to there. Um, So here's my question to you guys. Where did you, were you reading this at the time that it came out? If so, or if not, either way, where were you when you first heard that Superman died or was going to die? Do you remember where you were when you heard that Superman died? And how did you feel about it? The The Floyd's Funk Revival uh, apparently felt pretty strongly about it because they wrote a song about it. 
So I'm curious to see how everybody else reacted. Now, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't really touch on in this trade uh, that we're going to get into when we get into the, the, the next few trades. There's the, there was a, a point where Doomsday and Superman are fighting in this place called the Habitat, which is part of the Cadmus project, uh, which has, uh, they do a lot of cloning there. Uh, that'll be a big key thing that'll come up later in the, in these issues. But yeah, we'll talk about that when we get that, uh, Guardian will have a bigger role at one point. So yeah, how did you react? Where were you when Superman died? What was your reaction? I would love to hear your thoughts. You can send those thoughts to me through email at stevenorelse at gmail.com or you can leave a comment to the episode on the site at stevenorelse.com. You can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stevenorelse. And I also invite you to join me over at the Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash stevenorelse. If you feel like throwing a little support my way, you can do that over at the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or the music from this episode, Beyond the Floyd song, comes from Adam Warrock. Find his music at adamwarrock.bandcamp.com. And of course, all those links will be in the show notes. So until next week, I'm Stephen, and this has been my podcast. Be nice to each other. Yeah.